Welcome to Beyond Dieting. We're two friends on a mission to disrupt the insanity of diet culture and replace it with something positive, life-affirming, and effective. We are talking to you if you, like us, have felt like a poster child for diet failure, or that diets work for other people, just not you, or like you just can't stick to anything, or this would work if only you were disciplined enough, blah, blah, blah. If that's you, then we are here to tell you that the problem is not you. The problem is dieting. As life coaches, empty nesters, busy entrepreneurs, and menopausal women, we don't believe in a one-size-fits-all approach to health and wellness, but we do know what has worked for us and other women in our programs. What's abundantly clear to us is that there is no silver bullet diet or exercise regimen, period, full stop, and we've tried a lot of them. Stick with us as we explore a variety of doable and motivational ways you can free yourself from a lifetime of yo-yo dieting. It is possible to live a healthier, saner, and more fulfilling life you enjoy. Hi, this is Mimi. And this is Lee. In this episode of Beyond Dieting, we talk about how ridiculously smart and accomplished you are. I mean, just take a moment to look back at all the amazing things you've accomplished in your lifetime. You got through school, you got a job, maybe you volunteer your time to help others, maybe you have a successful relationship you know, pat yourself on the back for that. Maybe you have kids you raised while juggling a whole bunch of stuff. You know, just really sit back right this second and just bask in your awesomeness. Just take a moment. I know. I think it really is time for you, for like every woman on the planet to really wake up to the fact that like you have the answer to your weight loss conundrum. Like all this amazingness that Lee was just laying out, like it's in you, it's already ready. You know, you have the answer. And actually you are the only person who knows what foods you like, what textures you are gonna eat, what times a day, you know, work for you to eat, what exercise feels good, you know, or doesn't feel good. All of that is inside you and in your knowledge base. Yeah, and you you may be thinking, no, no, it's not, but we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> we're gonna talk about that. Let's have this discussion. Um, I want to start by just kind of telling a story that I, I tell this frequently. Um, but when I was 15 years old and weighed 115 pounds, my mom announced one day that she would be taking me, 15-year-old me at 115 pounds, to her fat doctor. Literally, that's what she called her doctor. This is a fat doctor. So just so you know, my mom at that time weighed 118 pounds and she was taller than I was. So how do I remember these numbers to this day? Like what, why did those numbers just come to me? Well, my mom talked about her weight and my weight constantly once I became kind of a preteen and teenager. She was always perplexed why she weighed three pounds more than me. And I hate to say it, but I always felt like my mom was in competition with me to weigh less than me. Yet at the same time, she was taking me to a fat doctor, presumably to lose weight. <laughs> you know, it just didn't make any sense. But, yeah. um, you know, 
I have to be clear. Like, why is my mom not actually evil <laughs> when she did that? And the reason is she was and still is a victim at her advanced age now of 88. She's still a victim of the culture of thinness and youth that we all live in day in, day out. Her obsession with her weight and my weight is really not her fault. All she wanted for me was to succeed in life. And she knew being in our culture that if I was super thin, you know, that I might succeed more, you know? So um, I mentioned this story because from that moment forward, from the age of 15, the message I got loud and clear, I was taught that I had to go to an expert or someone else for help with my weight. I was taught that I clearly did not know how to eat right. And also that my mom did not know because she had to go to a fat doctor. Women basically don't know how to do it right. They don't know how to eat right. They don't know how to keep their weight down. They don't know, know how to manage their health and fitness. I learned that I, left to my own instincts, street smarts, and ability to learn stuff, somehow did not have what it takes to figure out something as basic as food on my own. Yeah, that's story late. And there probably were a lot of lessons that you learned yes. you know, <laughs> from, from that story and that we all have. But the idea um, that we're going to be parsing out tonight is um, that we're taught we don't have the ability to figure out our own problems. Mm -hmm. And that we need somebody else to say, build a plan for me. Like, I don't know. I just, I just don't know if I can even figure out a plan. And um, one of the uh, coaches and mentors that Lee and I have worked with is a woman named Marie Forleo. And she introduced us to the idea that everything is figure outable. She actually has a book with the title, Everything is Figure Outable, that um, Lee and I both have and love and um. She's great. And what she says is you can rely on your own willingness, you know, to learn and to grow. Um, and that a couple of things, so you sometimes might be holding on to beliefs that were implanted at an early age at 815 that actually might be a little bit defeatist that are keeping you from believing this idea that you can figure things out. Um, and I think before we jump into those beliefs, she's got a she lays out three rules that you kind of have to internalize before you can can actually use the tools that she teaches you in the book and some of the things that Lee and I are going to be talking about today. And those rules are one, all problems are figure outable. Like this idea that you need an expert or somebody else, you might need to learn something, but all problems are figure outable. Number two is if the problem isn't figure outable, it probably isn't a problem. It's probably a fact of life or a law of nature, like death or gravity. None of us are going to figure out how to cheat death or, you know, escape gravity. Like they're just things in life that are um, facts of law. And the third one is you might not care enough right now to figure out this problem. And um, we think that if you're here listening to this podcast, the problem that you're trying to figure out is weight loss and feeling good about yourself on your journey to creating the body and the life that you want. So let's, you want to talk Lee, about a couple of what she calls like, like defeatist beliefs that I think, especially around weight loss, we can really hold on to. Yes. Yes. Cause we hear this as coaches, we hear this all the time. Definitely. 
So one of ours that we talk about a lot behind the scenes, because we're like, we do this too, we get it, but we notice a lot of women are inclined to say, I know this already when they're learning something um, in a new way. Maybe it's information that sounds familiar, but when you come into a coaching program, the goal is really not to just teach you uh, something you already learned or know. It's to take the knowledge you have and then turn it into actions that are repeatable and that you stick to because they work for you. <laughs> um, but knowing something, you know, a lot of people who've been had a lot of diets over the years, um, you know, it, it's a common belief, I think, to, you know, if you hear something like drink water, like, oh, I know this already. You've been flooded with information your entire life about diets and how to lose weight. And if you've heard something a million times, like drink more water, your reaction might be, oh, I've heard that and it doesn't work for me. You know, some combination of those thoughts. It's as though the knowing to you means that you've actually participated in the doing of that thing, but maybe you never actually did the thing, or if you did it, you didn't do it long enough to really see the results. So what if instead of thinking, I know this already, you thought, I'm curious to know what I can learn about and, you know, about this and from this, that leaves you open to taking action. And maybe you are staying hydrated. So that's not the issue for you. But maybe what you say is something like, I know this already about movement and exercise or protein intake or calories or mindset. There's a strong temptation that we all have to be like, I've heard this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I already know this. But knowing isn't doing and knowing isn't practicing until you get the result. Yeah. And it's also like, um, it's just popped into my head, this idea that that knowledge has been around for so long. If it worked, then everybody would already be doing it. But we know that that's not true. Like we don't always do the things that we know we should be doing. And just because you've heard it a million times, doesn't mean you've actually done it. It's like reading a cookbook. Doesn't make me a better cook, but I'll just keep reading recipes and thinking I'm going to cook them one day. And that I don't, mm -hmm. that's so true. And another belief that I think we hear a lot, especially around weight loss is the idea that this won't work for me, for me personally, like, and, and if you're sitting in that thought that like, or that belief, which is just a thought that's entrenched is that it's really incredibly difficult and maybe even impossible to be able to figure out what actions to take. Like if you're sitting in the belief, this won't work for me, it's, it's hard to come up with like, oh, maybe this plan will work because, you know, you can't listen to what your higher self is saying. You can't listen to even a coach like outside sources because your brain is already turned off. It's like, nope, not that. And you've turned away from away from it totally. Instead, like think what actions you could take and how you would feel about itself. If you could shift from thinking this won't work for me to how can this work for me, or I can make this work for me, whatever that it is. Again, like Lee said, it might be water movement, protein, calories, mindset, but like sitting in that belief, this won't work for me. You're never going to be able to figure things out. Like everything is figure outable won't work because you've already decided it won't work. Yeah. You've turned the light switch from on to off the minute you decide you've heard it before. And then you ha have no brain space working on it. You're not using your creative brain. Um, you're not using that beginner and student mind, which is so necessary when you want to change your life. Um, 
So what we teach in our programs and our paid programs at Her Genius is that you do have what it takes. If only you could learn to plug back into your higher wisdom and the instincts of your body. And just for your information, your body on an instinctual level does not actually want packaged foods filled with sugar and salt. You may think that that is what it wants, but it doesn't really. And you've got to sort of connect yourself and learn how to listen to what it really wants. Your body does not want to be in pain from eating too much and overeating to the point of indigestion and painful fullness. Your body, mind, and spirit have a lot to say to you if only you knew how to listen. Yeah. And it's hard to listen because we, we, we turned over that power of listening to diet culture, to the things like your mom saying at 15, you need to go to a fat camp. Like we have let so much other words and thoughts invade our brain. Like this power now belongs to diet books and diet programs. And they've made it really hard to hear like your own sweet voice that's trying to tell, tell you how amazing you are and what you want. Exactly. You, your voice has a lot to say. It's just getting drowned out. So we want to help you get back that connection with yourself and your inner intelligence. But first, we have learned that we have to remind you that you actually have this intelligence inside you and you have to start to kind of be open to that message before we can even get to the tools that help you do it. You've got to take in the possibility that you do have the intelligence, you do have the ability, you do have the determination and motivation inside of you. It, it exists there. It's sitting there waiting to get your attention. Um, and because I know, Mimi, can't you just feel it? People listening, being like, not me. Yes. I don't know. Not me. You know, I don't have that kind of intelligence. Yeah. We can feel it because we hear it all the time in coaching. Mm-hmm. women. It's like, and I think it's why we um, cling to like diet books and these fads, because it's like, I can't figure it out. I just want you to tell me what to do. Like what time of day should I eat what? And then if I follow that, that'll be the answer. But that is almost always impossible to follow because it doesn't mesh with your lifestyle or how hard you want to be in the kitchen working on, you know, three or four different recipes a day. So it's like part of our brain wants somebody just to tell us what to do. But the other part is how we really live life. And if what they're telling you to do is not how you live life, it's, you know, it's really hard to make that work. And that's why so many women start diets and stop diets. Right. And they're also individual health issues that each woman may have, you know, maybe, maybe you don't have any health issues out there and I'm glad for you, but you know, if you have a specific health issue. Most diet books are not written for those kind of customized situations where you really can't do everything the diet says. So it's important to take your power back for long-term success. Yeah. Or financial constraints. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think that, uh, somebody that writes a diet book that like every meal has like a high expensive protein in there, that that's really sustainable for a lot of our budgets. Mm -hmm. So when you have confidence in yourself, when you can get that confidence by getting connected to yourself, which may take a coach. I mean, we're here to help with that. That's exactly what we do. 
Um, but when you can connect to your higher wisdom and learn to listen to your body, you will start to make amazingly good decisions around food, drinking, and your overall well-being, and stuff will start to change for you in a positive direction. Yeah. So do you want to talk about some concrete examples, Lee, about kind of how we figured out over the years, you know, to tune into that? Yes. I think it's good to have concrete examples. I do too, because I, I think what yeah. we've been talking like a lot of theory and belief yeah, and it's really right. hard like, okay, okay. So what does that mean for me? Like, what does, what does that mean for me on a practical day to day? Yeah. So um, I've learned about myself to my horror that my mind is a slippery place to be. <laughs> my memory and what my mind will tell me that it's okay to do around food and exercise. So I've learned that my mind and me by extension, I need a certain kind of self accountability. I'm not accountable to anyone else for my own health, but to myself, I need some tools that help me stay accountable. That's just something I need for me to succeed in losing weight and maintaining my weight, I had to learn to plan my food for each day. This is an idea I resisted for a long time. I didn't see the value. Um, but now, you know, what I had to learn the hard way and really put, and I had to put kind of the way, the way a plan will work for me. What kind of plan? How would I implement it? I had to find a way that worked for me. Um, and I had to learn just to plan my food for each day in advance and then adjust my plan to the reality of what was actually happening, uh, you know, in terms of what I did eat, what I didn't eat, did I eat extra? All this data is super important. Yeah. And I think it's key to say, Lee, that you didn't figure that out on your first pass at food planning. And no, I, like, I mean, part <laughs> of like believing that things are figure outable is. I might not figure it out on my first attempt at it, but right. if I stick with it, if I keep trying, if I take the pieces that work and the pieces that don't, and that's like what kind of being in our program that we help you do, because mm -hmm. again, it goes back to the, you know, sort of defeatist mindset of like, oh, it's not working for me because I've tried two things and both of them yeah. Yield again, this is how, uh, you know, it kind of always happens to me. So that's like, I think why being in a community and like, that's how we structure the program. Not that you have to do this, but like, let's help you figure out what will work for you and try and be there when you fail to say, okay, that one didn't work. That's amazing knowledge. So let's try. Now what? Yeah. Like now what? And I really had to do that with movement, you know, because for years, I mean, back in our twenties, Lee and I were in a gym. Um, and this was before cell phones. So what are the beautiful things about it? You know, talking about accountability is like, oh, we're all going to meet at this certain place out of the corner and then walk over to the um, facility together. It's like, I'm not going to leave somebody stranded at seven o'clock in the morning on a cold, snowy day in Boston and nope. not show up just because I didn't feel like waking up. So it's like for movement to have that kind of accountability partner or somebody you're doing it with works, but I also can no longer do that kind of punishing, like grinding out at the gym for hours. So I've really been working to find movement that um, I enjoy. I meet my sister in the afternoons to walk around the lake. We had to stop in the summer because it was like scorchingly 
hot, but we're excited to get that started back up this month. You know, um, I do fun different things around here. You know, I like to have like little fun gadgets to play with. Um, I got a pair of roller skates I throw on every now and then and skate around the house all day. Uh, for a long time before I hired cleaners again, I would do like naked cleaning Thursdays and it just like one helped me get my movement and clean my house in a way that felt really fun and and silly. So it's like, I really had to work to make like movement fun so that exercise didn't feel like punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Mimi's been brilliant at figuring out movement for herself. I'm always impressed. Um, and the naked cleaning thing was just so inspired by what, I don't know, but it was very inspired. I don't know. I don't know. Now I've been doing like naked packing days. So it's yeah. a little bit fun. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. But, it, you know, she, I think the key, Mimi, is you found something that works. You found a mindset for movement that works for you. It's, you've been playing and being creative about how you approach your body movement. Yeah. And you know, the thing about doing something, like, I mean, I live by myself, so it makes it super easy. And I live in a place where my windows aren't highly accessible to neighbors walking by or anything like that. Um, is that I think as somebody who struggles and has struggled her whole life with weight, the idea of being naked, it was hard. And so it also is a way to say, you're like, it's okay that my body is out there. I don't have to have it covered all of the time in a way that sort of felt like playful and cheeky. Mm -hmm. so yeah, more ways than one, cheeky yeah. and more ways than one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you can do you too out there. You can have fun like Mimi. You can play around with it mm -hmm. um, and figure it out. It's all about figuring out what, what's going to make it work. What's going to get, get you moving. What's going to get you eating in a way that reaches your goals. So another th thing, just concretely, you know, another thing I had to figure out was what foods really work for me, you know, following someone else's idea of a diet never worked for me long-term and even short-term, it didn't always work um, because I didn't like what they were telling me to eat. I didn't want to have to make their recipes, their stupid recipes. <laughs> I get very grumpy about the whole thing. Um, so I finally had to look at the best peer-reviewed research, which Mimi and I have done a lot of. So I looked at the best research out there, the repeatable, stands the test of time kind of um, research and put together for myself some stuff that worked for me based on that, um, knowing that I wasn't way off base with something. And now I knew, know what foods I cannot and can eat if I want a certain goal. Some foods, you know, I just need to be super careful with. And, um, but then I've also learned foods that I adore that I can eat on my plant every single day. And it helps me, you know, lose or maintain or whatever my current goal is, or I just feel a lot better because I'm getting the nutrition I need. Yeah. That's so funny. You said that. Cause I used to roll my eyes when somebody was like, Oh, you know, raspberries are such a treat. I was like, mm, is that a treat? I don't know if that's a treat. <laughs> like one of those foods you're supposed to like, yeah. but it is true. Like the more you start to clean up your diet and, uh, and by clean, I mean like for me, getting processed foods out and getting back to like, what does food, real food taste like? Not food that's been, you know, like altered and packaged to survive the grocery store and trucking and going around the world. Um, I'm like, yeah, you know what? A raspberry really is a treat. <laughs> Just because it's expensive, but um, 
yeah, you really can start to adjust your palate mm-hmm. you know, when you start to cut out. I, I worked in the food industry for years and I remember the woman that was in charge of recipe development was like, I, she said, one day I was looking at what I was feeding my kids and I'm like, we're raising a generation that doesn't know what whole foods taste like, you know, that milk that's not strips of fats and things that are overly salted and overly sugared. So it's, it's a really interesting um, exercise to kind of get back to foods that are in their most original state. Um, and I think one of the, just to wrap up things that we've learned, one of the things that I've learned and it's best for me, I have like just not to have trigger foods in my pantry. Um, I do have the luxury of living alone. So I can really control that what's in the pantry is just for me. But even when I have family visit, if I bought food for them, like I just send it on off with them. Um, I you know used to joke that if I was asleep and there was a whole bag of potato chips open in the pantry, I literally could hear it speaking to me. <laughs> I get, it was like Mimi, <laughs> we're ruffles down here. The bag is open. You know, you can just come have a couple and I just couldn't. So like for when I was fixing the kids' lunches and stuff, we only had like mini bags and like the single portions, which are now aren't even single portions. They're like massive, the individual bags of chips, because I was like, I'm not going to open one of those. Like it doesn't speak to me if it's sealed in plastic. Um, the only chips late that we could keep that were full bags were barbecue chips because I didn't like them. So yeah. I, like, hey, I, I, I yeah. couldn't hear whatever language they were speaking to me in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those barbecue chips. Yeah, they do. They have a different language. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, these are a few of the things and we've had to figure out way more than this, but we're just giving uh, you yeah. what things we had to figure out. Um, how do we reach our goals and then deal with whatever, you know, this issue is. So for you, it's the little things like that, little tiny things, you add it all up, working on yourself and figuring out a set of guidelines and values for yourself and then testing them over time to see if you get the result you want long-term. You just need to be a little more patient with this approach because this is not a bad diet designed to get results in a week or two. Those quick result programs usually get reversed for most people months later or a year later, and they gain not only that weight back, but even more. So um, I think in addition to Marie Forleo's rules, I would add patience, patience with the process. Yeah. And um, I think that's the key. Like the examples we were showing is because it's these little things that you start to do and incorporate into your daily life that allow for Mm -hmm. success and long-term success, because we all want to be, you know, eating and living our lives the way that we eat and live our lives. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Cause in your heart of hearts, your goal, we know, cause we've talked to enough of you and it's our goal too. We, you know, you want to be healthy for many years to come you know, it's not just about these two weeks in time losing weight, you want it to be gone and to stay off. And the good news is that you can learn to do this for yourself. Um, And a a coach is a good solution, because a coach is really there to help you find your own way. And that's what we do in our programs. Yeah, and since we love Marie Forleo, we're going to share a quote from her book, and uh, I think it kind of talks a lot about what we've been talking about here. And she writes, I win or I learn, but I never lose. And it's that hard to like, everything's figure outable. Like, I'm just going to keep going. 
And um, our song for this week, we'd like to wrap up our podcast. Do you have anything before we totally wrap up, Lee? No, I think we covered it. I think you guys, yeah. hopefully you guys get the idea of what, what we're saying. Yeah. Smart. You can, smart. You can figure it out. <laughs> you can do yeah, it. Just yeah. you don't believe us yet. We're going to keep saying it to you because we know that it may seem like a bizarre idea right now that you, you actually know how to lose weight. And you've got the answers locked inside of you. You may or may not be accepting this now that we've had this discussion, but I want to remind you that, you know, based on everything I've seen about humans and our clients, you actually do have the knowledge. Yeah. And when you hear that negative thought pop up in your head, just switch it and say, like, I can figure this out. Like, I can can figure this out. So, um, So our song for this week is Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. Um, I could be singing it, but I will spare you guys. Um, But if you actually look at the lyrics for their song, there's so many great lines in there. And the whole idea that she writes about your life is a blank page and you get to write the words of your life. I think it goes really beautifully with this idea that no one else can feel what's happening for you in your life or speak the words for you that you want in your life. That it's like you get to figure all of that out for yourself. And you can. And you can. And you can. All right. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Hey there. Thank you so much for listening. In fact, if this resonated with you and you know someone else who needs to hear this, please share our episodes. We would just love that. We also would love it if you would follow, subscribe, and rate our channel because this lets us know you're actually there and it helps us show up in searches, which would be awesome. Please be a part of our community and mission to help as many women as possible free themselves from diet culture so that they can go beyond dieting.